Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. Praise the Lord, Mount Calvary. Praise the Lord, Mount Calvary. That's a, that's a command. So come on and praise the name of Jesus. He's worthy to be praised. He's a faithful God. He's a good God. Come on and praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus, the one that rose from the dead. The one that got up with all power in his hands. Come on, praise that name. Praise that name. Praise that name. Praise that name. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Come on and praise the name of Jesus. Come on, praise the name of Jesus. Push past how you feel. Praise the name of Jesus. Come on, open up your mouth and tell him thank you. That's how we praise him. Tell, tell him thank you, Lord. Tell him thank you for being holy. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being righteous. Thank you for being all we need and more. Thank you for being a healer. Thank you for being a sovereign king. Thank you, Lord, for reigning and ruling. Thank you, Lord, for providing. Thank you, Lord, for being a saving, keeping God. Come on, to praise the name of Jesus. Yeah, praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. He's my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer. In him will I always trust. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. He's my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer. And Him will I always trust. We need to praise the name of Jesus. See a lot of testimonies in here. He's been your fortress. He's been your deliverer. Because you've kept your trust in him. So let us praise the name of Jesus. Come on to praise him, praise him, praise him. Praise him for being good. Praise him for being faithful. Praise him for being good. And all the time, he's been good. Come on and praise him. Hallelujah. He's a holy God, ain't he? He's a good God, ain't he? Come on, clap your hands this morning. Come on. Come to praise your name today. Hallelujah. 
Say, Lord, you are to say. From generation, we worship you. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. We worship for who you are. Do it again.
sing a song and move on but it's something just to tell him thank you because it could have been another way it could have been I know people that it was another way but I'm looking at so many testimonies in this room that God kept your mind God kept our hearts God kept our family safe God kept our homes safe our jobs safe we nobody lost a job and it could have been a different way so open up your mouth and lift up your hands and tell him thank you we don't have nothing else. That's why we're in church to tell him thank you. Because we made another week, so that's why we're here. Not for anything else. But to tell him thank you. But to tell him thank you. But to tell you thank you, Jesus. Yeah, to tell you thank you. Hands lifted. Hands are lifted. Hands are lifted. Telling him, thank you, God, for keeping us. Thank you, Lord, for saving us. I know I said it already, but thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If we had 10,000 tons, it wouldn't be enough to tell you thank you for seeing us through. We thank you, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you've been 
so good to me. Come on, open up your mouth and praise the name of Jesus. He's worthy to be praised. some kind of praise hallelujah what a wonderful savior we serve grace to you and peace from God our father and from the Lord Jesus Christ thank you you all may be seated you all may be seated we uh, we are grateful just to be together again today God has seen us safely through another week has allowed us to see the start of a new one and for that we are very grateful welcome those who are here in the uh, sanctuary hold on I'm looking at your list Chris to make sure that nobody's coming behind me to do this all right I got it welcome to those who are in the sanctuary uh, we are so glad that you've chosen to come and worship uh, here in the building uh, you're masked up, you're socially distanced, but you're here, and we're grateful to be here. Uh, if you are not a member of Mount Calvary, we're glad you've chosen to worship with us today. We don't take that lightly. It's good to see you. For those who are online uh, joining us virtually, God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us today. We're sorry that we can't all be here in the sanctuary. The majority of us are still online, but we're grateful for the technology that allows us to be together virtually each week, and we're grateful for the people behind the technology who make that possible. We're glad you're here. Let's welcome everybody officially. to thank the church for our prayers and well wishes uh, during her uh, recent stay in the hospital. She is out. She is home. Praise God. Um, the uh, alcohol, drug addiction, and mental health services 
have donated some goodie bags for everybody. You can pick one up as you exit the building today in the lobby. You can pick one up in the lobby as you exit. Uh, while I'm while I'm there, let me just mention. Uh, Still, please, we do a great job following the usher's instructions and kingdom force instructions when we come in and when we're seated and staying socially distanced. We're not doing such a great job as we leave. Um, so would you please, would you please um, don't congregate in the lobby. And if a deacon says something to you or an usher or kingdom force, if they say, please keep it moving, uh, don't give them a hard time. Just please keep it moving, all right? The idea is that you will go from that door to the outside one, okay? Great. God bless you and thank you. We're just trying to keep everybody safe and make sure we can keep coming together. Let me thank you. Uh, I told you last week because of time, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't take a lot, but uh, thank you so much for, uh, for honoring me and my wife and our family um, 17 years as pastor has flown by, I'm not exactly sure where 17 years went. Uh, there are lots of people who started out with us uh, who now rest with Jesus. I'm grateful for all of them. Uh, I'm grateful for you all. Y'all are a gift of grace from God. Um, he knows I don't know anything about pastoring, but yet he has chosen to put us together. And I just want to say thank you. <clears throat> Would you keep the Edmonds family in your prayers? Our oldest member uh, at 101, uh, Mrs. Ruth Edmonds, passed this past week. Um, her father is one of the ones who, with his own hands, built our original building at 649 Groveland Avenue, um, one of the founding families of this church. Uh, would you please keep that family in your prayers? I don't know. Um, we don't We don't know. Um, arrangements yet but uh, keep your ear to the ground and we'll support with our presence uh, and certainly with our prayers last thing I want to tell you and then I will give it back to the young people um, the Ohio Baptist General Convention uh, is going to be held this week and it will be here in Dayton um, most of you here at Mount Calvary know I give leadership I'm the president of that organization uh, founded in 1896 it is the oldest and largest historically black uh, Baptist organization in the state of Ohio with a little more than a hundred churches uh, from all across the state this year's session will be uh, virtual. We come together for fellowship. We come together for education to learn how to do ministry better. Uh, we come together. Uh, it was founded to give a social voice uh, to an unheard people. And uh, we can do more together than we can do apart. And we're trying to get back to what it was founded to do. All right? Um, on tomorrow... Um, there is a, pardon me, tonight there is a musical at Shiloh to get things kicked off. That's 3801 Fairbanks Avenue. It starts at 7 o'clock. I believe some of our people will be singing in that musical tonight at 7 o'clock. Wear your mask. We'll be socially distanced. Shiloh is big enough that we can, uh, we can all stay far apart from each other. Uh, then tomorrow um, there is the diaper drop-off. If you haven't brought diapers and wipes for uh, Hannah's treasure uh, to help uh, young families, 
then you can still bring that to Shiloh tomorrow between 11.30 and 1. And then there is a seminar, um, ushers, first aiders, kingdom force, um, and it's really open to anybody though. It is a, a seizure first aid certification tomorrow at 2 o'clock at Shiloh. It's a seizure first aid certification. It is free. The convention uh, is just part of the convention. You come on, you can get certified to, uh, to handle. Uh, you can know more about what happens if somebody is having a seizure on your watch. That's tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Then tomorrow at 7 o'clock, our youth and young adults will, uh, will take over at Shiloh. Uh, our youth president, Minister Christopher, uh, is going to be in charge of that service and our preacher that you're about to hear in just a few minutes from uh, all the way across the country in California, uh, uh, Reverend Joseph Manway, he's going to be the preacher uh, for tomorrow night for our Ohio Baptist General Youth. And then uh, late night service, there's a nine o'clock service as well. We go from sun up to sundown. Late night service, uh, Pastor F. Bernard Mitchell from um, a little town that you've never heard of called Mendenhall, Mississippi, is going to be our late night preacher tomorrow night. You don't want to miss that. Tuesday, I'm not going to go through every day in detail. I just want to make you aware of some things. Tuesday at one o'clock is Women's Day. All the ladies, uh, if you can get off for lunch, come on out to Shiloh, one o'clock on Tuesday. Everybody will be in white. Um, and that's Women's Day. They have a whole thing planned for you. I didn't tell you anything about morning glories, did I? Services start at eight o'clock in the morning. That's the first service at eight o'clock in the morning. All right. We'll put all of this on Facebook. All of this uh, will be on the OBGC website. But I wanted to let you know, men, your day is on Wednesday morning at 9 o'clock. Wednesday morning at 9 o'clock. I don't, Brother Sandifer or Brother Wortham, do y'all remember, is there a, is there a uh, uniform address? No, okay. All right. Um, ladies are going to be in all white. They're going to be angelic men. We just come in what we got. All right. Uh, and then don't forget Wednesday night is President's Night. That is uh, my address. And I would love to see you all. I'd love to see you all Wednesday night at 7 o'clock at Shiloh. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock at Shiloh. It would be great to look out and see some Mount Calvary support. I didn't mention the banquet uh, with Central State's president. Um, because it's all sold out. We don't have any more tickets. We have no more room to spare. We'll be seating people everywhere. Um, but that is the Ohio Baptist General Convention in a nutshell, and I appreciate you all's support. All right? Uh, the young people are going to come and take it further. Thank you so much. Good morning, Mount Calvary. Um, I'm just here to introduce today's guest preacher, uh, servant of God, son, brother, minister, uncle, nephew, friend. These are aspects that make up Joseph C. Manaway, the fourth of five children born to Dr. Robert L. Manaway Sr. and First Lady Overseer Jessica Perrine Manaway. He describes himself as a true church boy, having done everything from plumbing to preaching in the house of God. 
Joseph accepted the call to preach on Sunday, March 12, 2006, and preached his first public message on Sunday, August 20, 2006, entitled, I Had It, I Lost It, I Want It Back. Joseph accepted the... Oh. <laughs> on October 3, 2008, he received an Associate of Science degree in Recording Arts uh, uh, and Performance from Fall, Full Sail University in Winter Park, Florida. In the summer of 2012, he graduated from the University of Phoenix, earning a Bachelor of Science in Psychology. He also attended Grand Canyon University for a Master's of Science in Psychology and Professional Counseling. Uh, he wishes to go on to obtain his PhD in Psychology with an emphasis on cognition and instruction. Joseph was ordained as a minister of the gospel on September 20th, 2009, and on February 26th, 2012, he was ordained and charged as the young adult minister, um, pastor, ministry pastor of the Tabernacle Missionary Baptist Church in Seattle, Washington. He now serves as a youth pastor of Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Fairfield, California. Mount Calvary, please help me to welcome Pastor Joseph Manaway.
wonderful is your name Lord before we ask you for anything or suggest anything from you let us first say thank you for everything and Lord it was no guarantee that when we laid down last night that we would wake up and see today so for this gift called the present we say thank you Father, we're grateful this morning because when our eyelids flew open, we were greeted by some good news. That was you had once again canceled our reservations to the cemetery. So for the beating of our heart, for the air in our lungs, for the cognition of our minds, for the activity of our limbs, we say thank you. Father, we thank you for the Mount Calvary Church. We thank you for her leadership and for her laity. We thank you for this great pastor. Father, we thank you for the young people of this congregation. And even now, we ask that you place a hedge of protection around each and every one of them. Cover them under the banner of your name and under the banner of your blood. And Lord, we thank you for what our eyes have seen, for what our ears have heard, for what our hearts and spirits have received also. But now God is preaching time and somebody needs a word from you. Somebody needs insight from you. Somebody needs encouragement from you. So, Father, our request is simple this morning. That is, speak to us like only you can. Lift up the bowed down head like only you can. And when all has ceased and hushed, we'll give your name the glory. We'll give your name the honor. We'll give your name the praise. It's in Jesus' sovereign name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you're grateful to be in the house of the Lord one more time, can we show some sign, put our hands together? Come on. I said, if you're grateful to be in the house of the Lord one more time, if you're glad to be walking on the ground and the ground is not laying on top of you, can you show some sign and give God the, great, the greatest hand of appreciation you can? Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated for a moment. Amen. Good morning, family. Good morning, family. It's a great day to be alive, isn't it? It's a great day to be alive, isn't it? As aforementioned, my name is Joseph Manaway, and I have the incredible privilege of serving as youth and young adult pastor of the Mount Calvary Baptist Church of Fairfield and Susun City, California. My pastor is Dr. Clayton Lee Jr. The church and my pastor brings you greetings from your cousins and kinfolk, Nim, from the West Coast. 
Uh, yeah, so so coming all the way from California, it is I'm I'm privileged and honored to be in the great state of Ohio, and um, I'm grateful to be able to stand before you today. I honor God for my brother Minister Chris for giving me this invita invitation. Can we say Amen for for Minister Chris? God bless you, brother. <clears throat> And for all of the uh, gentlemen, the kingdom force, did I say that right? And thank you, brothers, so much for your hospitality and for looking out for me. I felt like Joe Biden since I landed. Uh, these brothers have taken such good care of me, so God bless you all. And to Brother Brett and everyone uh, who has been so kind and hospitable to me, I thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you so much, sir. Well, uh, i like to share something before I preach, whenever I get to, some, get to preach somewhere for the first time. And that is this Mount Calvary. Um, I'm a left coast kid. Uh, I serve in California now, served for six years in Las Vegas before then, but I'm originally from Seattle, Washington. And so my life is the West Coast. However, uh, my parents are from Southeast Mississippi. And uh, my, my dad has pastored Tabernacle Missionary Baptist Church in Seattle now. He is in his 38th year of pastoring there. And, um, uh, but they are from Southeast Mississippi. So um, although we're from the West Coast, uh, my parents raised us with some uh, Mississippi principles. And so uh, one of those principles was um, <clears throat> we couldn't go to everybody's house. They wouldn't let us go to everybody's house. Um, so whenever there was a sleepover or a birthday party or whatever, me and my four siblings, we had to just hear about it uh, <laughs> on Monday when we got back to school. And uh, one day I cautiously from a distance asked my mama, notice I said cautiously from a distance because she, she had a quick, you know, Tyson Fury left jab. And uh, I asked my mama, Mom, why, why, why don't you let us go? Uh, to people's house and she said first of all because I said so and um, I'll see somebody's mama was raised for me to, for like like I was too uh, she said first of all because I'm because I said so she said second of all because I can't trust everybody keeps a clean kitchen and I don't trust that everybody washes their hands so I can't trust that what they may be feeding you may be contaminated and so in a like manner, whenever a pastor turns his pulpit over to someone else to minister to his people, uh, what he or she is literally saying is, I am trusting your hands. And so, Pastor Winston, thank you for trusting my hands this morning. And I honor you, sir, and I thank God for you. Mount Calvary, can we give God a hand of appreciation for your pastor? Come on. Come on, I didn't say for my pastor. This your pastor. Can we? Thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you so much. And we cannot thank God for him without thanking God for the fragrance of this house. Lady Winston, can we say amen for her? God bless you, ma'am. Amen. See, Pastor, you see how they, they clap for you, but they woo for Lady Winston. You see that? <laughs> That's how it's supposed to be. Amen. Let's get to work. Um, Second Chronicles chapter 7. Second Chronicles chapter number 7. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter number 7. Brother, if I can get just a little more help up here, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, sir. Second Chronicles chapter number 7 and verse number 1 will suffice for our conversation this morning. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Amen. You can stand if 
as your custom for the reading of the word of God. Second Chronicles 7, verse number 1. And no matter what translation or version that you have with you, I should read a little bit something like this. And when Solomon had finished praying, fire fell. Some translation says fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. You may be seated. And when Solomon had finished praying, fire fell from heaven consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple when Solomon had finished praying fire fell from heaven just for a few moments I want to come from this thought this morning it's getting hot in here <clears throat> it's getting hot in here just look at somebody through your mask and tell them, neighbor, it's sure getting hot in here. It's, it's getting hot in here. I solicit your prayers. It was Dr. William Augustus Jones that suggested that sometimes the greatest profundity, the greatest profundity can be found in simplicity. There's a simple notion that I have heard my whole life that God has allowed me to live long enough to realize for myself. And that is this. Prayer changes things. And what I love about prayer is that even if prayer doesn't change the thing or change things, it changes you and how you deal with the thing. Prayer is, is powerful. Prayer will keep you. There's at least a few people in here, including myself, that says during this pandemic, when you couldn't get to the church, when you couldn't reach pastor or your prayer partner or minister or deacon or otherwise, you found out what Big Mama knew, and that was that his line is never busy. And that even when you couldn't reach this house, you're glad that you serve a God that can get to your house. That, that prayer is a powerful thing. Our text today highlights that fact and the idea that Solomon prays so fervently. Solomon prays with such enthusiasm and with such thanksgiving that God sends fire down from heaven to consume that which he offered up to God. And not only does this fire consume the offering, but the Bible says that his presence, his glory, his kabod in the Hebrew filled up the whole house that he prayed so feverishly that God came down and filled up the house with his presence and his glory. But I would suggest to us this morning, uh, Pastor Winston, that um, in this season, people of God, young people hear me real good. And whenever you hear me say young people during our conversation, I mean all the young people between the age of one and 100. So how many young people do I have in the house this morning? Oh, okay, so house full of us, all right. Young people, hear me real good. I want to suggest to you that prayer and our existence and connection to God 
um, oftentimes is not enough, but you have to pray and participate. Sometimes we have to seek God and put our best foot forward. Sometimes we have to participate in the very thing that we prayed for. God can give you that job, but we have to fill out the application. God can give us that dream car or that, that dream automobile or that dream home, but we have to save the money and clean our credit up. Sometimes we have to participate in what we pray for. Solomon simply does not just pray in chapter 7 of 2 Chronicles, but leading up to the point of God sending fire down and his presence, Solomon does a few things that set the table for God to feel comfortable enough to invade his privacy and to answer his prayer. So what are these things or what did Solomon do in preparation for his prayer to be answered? Or what does Solomon do in preparation for the spirit of God to come and invade his privacy? The first thing that I want to highlight that he does is, is that there is an emphasis on consecration. I let the church say consecration. Because when you go back to chapter number one, you see where Solomon gathers and they gather at the tent of meetings in the tabernacle. And the Bible says that he bows down and he begins to pray at the bronze altar. Solomon prays at the bronze altar. And he says, Lord, uh, I need your help. And God says, Solomon, man, cool. He says, ask me for whatever you want, and I'll grant your prayer and give you whatever you want. Solomon said, Lord, I don't want gold. I don't want diamond. I don't want rubies or platinum. Just give me your wisdom and your knowledge so that I'm able to lead your people in the same excellent way that my father was. And God says, Solomon, since you asked me for such a notable thing, I'm not just going to give you the knowledge and the wisdom but I'm also going to give you some good stuff too because now I know you won't squander what I blessed you with because you have my wisdom. Solomon says, Lord, if I'm going to be all you've called me to be and lead well and do well and be an upstanding citizen, I need your knowledge and wisdom. We've got to understand, Mount Calvary, this morning that knowledge is knowing how to get a thing, but wisdom is knowing how to keep it. Yeah, knowledge is knowing how to get it, but wisdom is knowing how to keep it. And God says, I can trust you now with the gold and the silver and the, and the plunder because I know for a fact that you won't squander what I blessed you with. And there's somebody in here today who can testify that there's been times in your life where God answered your prayer. He gave you that job. He gave you that raise. He gave you that bonus. And then two weeks, two months, two years later, we were back praying, asking God to bless us, not because he didn't answer our prayer, because he wasn't a good God, but because we were poor stewards with what he blessed us with. All right. I, okay. I, I need to talk to at least 10 real people in the room and I'll gladly make 11. And we can wave our hand and say, there's some things in my life that I've lost. There's some things in my life that I've squandered. There were some opportunities that I messed up. And when I look back over my life, I can't blame it on my mama, can't blame it on my daddy, can't blame it on my baby mama, baby daddy. But I, I, I can't even blame it on the act. It was me and my inconsistency. It was me and my foolishness. And where are my people in here today who can wave your hand and give God praise? It says, even when I was inconsistent, God's still been consistent. Even when I was unfaithful to him, he's always been faithful to me. And I need to see anybody in here today who can give God praise. It says, Lord, thank you for being good to me. Even when I wasn't good to you, when I was unfaithful, you still woke me up. You still made sure I had food to eat. You still made sure I had clothes to eat. 
seat and I'm here today not because I've dotted every I or crossed every T but I'm here today because my God has been good to me so he bows down at this bronze altar and he highlights the importance of consecration and asking God God with what I'm praying for, I need your knowledge and wisdom. We seek consecration. But then the second thing, and I got to press on, we see collaboration. We see collaboration because in chapter number two of Second Chronicles, you see where well, now that Solomon has this knowledge and this wisdom, uh, Scripture says that he employs some 153,000 men uh, in order to help him carry out the mission of building the temple. That Solomon now is so wise to understand that although he has all of this good stuff from God and knowledge and wisdom, he's wise enough to realize that if I'm going to build what God has given me, I can't do it by myself. I need some help from somebody. So not only does he employ these some 153,000 men, but he also writes a letter to Hiram, the king of Tyre, and says, man, listen, I hear you got the best cedar wood in Ohio. He says, um, he says, in that same cedar wood that you sent to my daddy to build his thing, he says, I need what you have because um, although God gave my daddy the blueprint, he gave me the opportunity. It can't be done unless I use what we have. Uh, excuse me, well, unless, we use, unless I use what you have. I need your help to build what God has given me. And I don't know where we got this I, me, my mentality from in our generation. I need to tell you, if Jesus had sense enough to know he needed to to walk with him for three years who do we think we are at some point in your life you gonna need somebody as a matter of fact there's somebody in here today who could testify and say I've been able to make it this far because God put somebody in my path at the right time to help me along the way Pastor Winston, I'll never forget it. It's April of 2013. I've been the youth and young adult pastor at the time at the Second Baptist Church of Las Vegas for about three weeks. And about three weeks in, we take the young men of our church to our, uh, our regional layman convention. Uh, we're traveling from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada to Oakland, California. We get to the airport, get on the plane, and uh, I hear two people breathing. Uh, like pretty heavy two people are hyperventilating it's because two of the young men in my group from my church had never been on an airplane before and so Chris now I'm nervous because I'm like Lord I'm about to kill two women's <laughs> this Lord I just got this job Jesus I can't <laughs> I need both these babies to get back to their mamas you understand so they calm down we get to Oakland as we're pulling into the gate but we get to the airport and uh, one of the young men Deronde he's sitting on the window his brother's in the middle I'm in the aisle since it was his first time on the plane we let him sit on the window we get to our gate as people are getting off the plane, we're waiting for our chance to get off the plane. The plane next to us and the game, gate next to us, he starts to hit me and his brother says, y'all, 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 look, look, look. He says, um, look at that little white truck uh, pulling that plane. Says, uh, it, it's a little white truck down there that's connected to the plane. Why is that little white truck connected to that plane? To which I had to, uh, I had to inform Durande. I said, Durande, man, that's a 737. And um, it can fly upwards to 600 miles per hour. It can carry hundreds of people and has all kinds of features and cargo in it. But one thing that they did not put in that big fancy plane was a reverse mechanism. <clears throat> 
So for that plane to go forward and to fly high as it can, that little white truck has to connect to that plane and pull it back from the gate just so it can go forward. Come here real quick. Aren't you so glad that God put some little white trucks along the way? Okay, let me see here. Somebody can say like this. Somebody prayed for me, had me on their mind, took the time and prayed for me. I'm so glad they prayed. Maybe it was big mama, big daddy. Maybe it was a pastor, a deacon. Somebody laid their hands on you and said, Lord, watch that boy. Watch that girl till they can come into the knowledge of themselves. There was a boss at some point. Everybody didn't do you wrong. There was a boss at some point that pushed your resume to the front and said, look, I usually don't approve people, but now I'm going to do it. There was a time when you sat across from a lending officer and your age and your credit score was the same number, but they gave you the loan anyway because they said, it's just something about you and I believe in you and I need to see where are my people in here today who can wave your hand in this beautiful sanctuary and said, I can praise God because everybody hasn't harmed me. Everybody hasn't betrayed me. Everybody hasn't stabbed me in my back, but I can give God praise for the little white trucks in my life. So there's consecration, there's collaboration, but then the third thing, there is construction. Because in the top of chapter number three, the Bible says that in the fourth year of Solomon's reign, they laid the foundation for the temple to be built. But uh, look where they, they, they select for it to be built. The Bible says that it's built atop of Mount Moriah this is so interesting because if you look at this phraseology in the Hebrew Mount Moriah literally means a Jehovah has chosen or God has selected the Bible says that in the fourth year of the reign they lay the foundation second Chronicles, second Kings chapter number six tells us that the entire project took about seven years and so now what I'm struggling with uh, Mount Calvary to be completely honest with y'all is the idea uh, that Solomon has the wisdom he has the knowledge he has the material he has the wood he has the gold he has uh, the platinum he has all the fine gems he even has 153,000 men to help him get it done but he still had to wait until the fourth year of his reign just to lay the foundation I would figure that if God gave Solomon all of this stuff and gave him all of this help that he would have been able to do it sooner but sometimes God chooses a long process. And my question is, what do you do when God chooses a long process? What do you do when you have the anointing David and you still got to go back into the field and be the shepherd boy? What do you do when it seemed like everybody else who lying and cheating getting their PPP loan before you? What, what, what do you do? When it seemed like God is taking a while to bless you with what you have. Can I tell, help you with something, young people, and tell you? That's because life cannot be lived on broil. That good things or sometimes God things takes time to develop. All right, let me see if I can make this make sense. One thing that I love, I love Rolls Royce, Pastor. Pastor, I, I love Rolls Royce, man. I, I love them. Ain't got one, but I love them. Y'all understand? Uh, I, I like to look at them. Rolls Royce can cost anywhere from 125000 to $2.2 million. And sometimes you got to order them months and in, in some cases years in advance because everything in a Rolls Royce is specifically made for that car. The wood uh, paneling, the wood that's in the wood paneling, that's in the doors and in the, in, 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 in the front of the car is all cut for that car. Every stitch in that car is for that car. That's why it costs so much because it takes time to make something of quality like that. 
Uh, but the, but <laughs> on the contrary, the reason why my 2008 Scion XB with 178,000 miles on it, <laughs> yeah, it's it's mine though. I got the title. We honor God. <laughs> the reason why it's worth it's worth less than a tithe of the Rolls Royce because ain't nothing in there uh, custom. They ain't cut nothing just for that car. It was more like cookie cutters. I mean, it's it's a bunch of cars that look just like mine. Do you understand what I'm saying? But let me tell you where we error, Mount Calvary. We error when we want Rolls Royce blessings with a Scion process. We error when we want things of worth, but we don't want to go through nothing to get it. And there's some people in your life, they see how you worship. They see the job you work. Parents, they see how well-behaved your kids are. They see the, they see how you're able to praise God. They see all that you have. And what you got to tell them is there are no shortcuts. If you want what I got, you got to go through what I went through in order to get it. No, I had to be lied on for this. I was cheated for this. I had to pray for this. I had to fast for this I had to save for this I had to sacrifice for this and I need to see do I have any mature believers in here today who can wave your hand and say it didn't feel good when I was going through it I didn't like it when I was in it but now that I'm on the other side of my go through my testimony is I'm better I'm stronger I'm wiser I love better I give more not because of where I was but because of what God brought me through if that's you won't you live holy hands in the sanctuary look up toward God and say Lord thank you for the process it didn't feel good but it worked out for my good yeah yeah it, it, it didn't feel good but, but but it worked out for my good yeah this so, so the next thing and I, I, I gotta move on after the constructions we see we see continuity There's construction, but then there is continuity. Check it out when you get home. Read chapter 4 of Second Chronicles. You will see where after the temple is erected, now Solomon starts to, they start to put some nice stuff in the temple. Start to dress it. But the first thing between verses 1 and 2 that Solomon does is he builds this bronze altar. He builds, he builds this uh, bronze altar. Now, if you've been following and pacing with me during our little speech this morning, you will remember that it was a bronze altar in chapter one that he knelt down and he prayed and asked God for wisdom and knowledge. And so now in chapter four, he's standing in what he's prayed for and he says, I need a bronze altar. As if to say that if I had that bronze altar in the tent, I'm gonna need that bronze altar in the temple. As if to say, if I had that bronze altar when I didn't have much, now that I have a whole lot, I need the very thing that kept me. In other words, if prayer is what got me here, prayer is what's going to keep me here. <laughs> All right, let me see. Let me see. Uh, I told y'all my parents are from Mississippi, right? And I told you one of the principles is my mama wouldn't let us go to everybody's house. But another thing is uh, that we gathered around my parents' bedside uh, for one or two reasons. The first reason is uh, for communal whoopings. Okay, I see some puzzled faces, so let me, <laughs> let, let me help you understand what a communal whooping is. A communal whooping sounds like this. 
Who broke my lamp? Robbie, did you break my lamp? No, ma'am. Do you know who broke it? No, ma'am. Austin, did you break my lamp? No, ma'am. Do you know who broke it? No, ma'am. Brian, did you break my lamp? No, ma'am. Do you know who broke it? No, ma'am. Joseph, come here, little yellow. Did you break my lamp? No, ma'am. Do you know who broke it? No, ma'am. Bria, you the last one. Did you break my lamp? No, ma'am. Do you know who broke it? No, ma'am. Well, since Casper broke my lamp. And don't no live mortal human being know who did it. I'm going to whoop everybody. And I guarantee y'all get the right one. That's Anybody ever been part of a communal whooping before? But, but the second reason that we would gather around my parents' bedside was for family prayer. As early as my mind would let me go back to two, three, four years old, I can remember my parents gathering us around their bedside. And hearing my mama weep and hearing my daddy's voice saying, God, I know they don't understand it now. I know they can't profess now. I know they don't get it now. But my prayer, God, can you just cover my babies until they can come into the complete knowledge of who you are? When they're at school, while they're at the community, when, when they're in the community, while they're at church, can you just cover them and keep them and shield them and protect them? And I believe that it's those prayers that's kept me this far. And I need to be able to tell somebody that you got to keep that same energy. Matter of fact, look at somebody through your mask and tell them, keep that same energy. That the same way we praise God and fasted and, and believed God for good stuff when we were lacking is the same way we got to praise him and thank him and give him when he blesses us. So not only is there continuity and I got to quit, I got to wrap up, but then there is carrying. There's, there's carrying because in chapter number five, you would see where Solomon says, somebody, now that we have everything in place, now fetch the Ark of the Covenant. Bible says he has these elders and he sends the elders and designated people out to go get the Ark of the Covenant to bring it in to put it into the temple and he says that I, I need the Ark of the Covenant because as you all know Mount Calvary the Ark of the Covenant symbolized the presence of God and uh, the writer of Hebrews tells us the contents of the Ark of the Covenant inside the Ark of the Covenant was the bowl that housed the manna from heaven which symbolized the provision of God also was Aaron's rod which symbolized the power of God and also were the tablets which symbolized the promise of God which is to say that wherever the presence of God is his power his provision and his promises are there also the the the, 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 the ark of the covenant was an important article it was incredibly important he says I need the presence of God here if we're going to be successful it's 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 an important article in our faith but I I, I need to tell us there's something about the presence of God that uh, sometimes that it, in scripture shows us where the presence or the ark was mismanaged if you go back to first Samuel chapter number four you will see where the people of God the Israelites are fighting the Philistines they got whooped so bad, lost hundreds of men. So somebody says, listen, somebody go to Shiloh and go get the Ark of the Covenant. Because wherever the Ark is, God is there. And whatever God is, there's victory there also. 
So they go and they get the Ark of the Covenant, but something happened. When they brought the Ark of the Covenant to the battle the next day, they got whooped worse than they did before and lost way more men. Not only did they get whooped worse than they did the first day and lost more men, but then the enemy seized the Ark of the Covenant. And I had to wonder how in the world could you have the presence of God, have the Ark on your side and still suffer a loss? And then let me just park pause here real quick parenthetically and see do I have at least 10 real people in here who's ever been in a season when you had to look up toward heaven and say God what's up with this I, I, I believe in you I'm a Christian I'm saved I'm sanctified I pray I fast I tithe but I still seem like I'm experiencing some losses where are my, where are my people in here who can be honest and say I've, I've had to ask God God I don't, I don't grandmama told me I can't question you but I sure need to know what's going on they, they experienced some loss but I would suggest that it was nothing wrong with the ark it was nothing wrong with the presence of God but it had everything to do with who was in possession of it because in 1 Samuel chapter 4 the Bible says that standing with the ark was Hophni and Phinehas Hophni and Phinehas were the sons of Eli and 1 Samuel chapter number 2 verse 12 tells us that Hophni and Phinehas were scoundrels they was low down jokers who didn't know God they were not with the ark because they knew its power they were standing with the ark because it was popular they were not with the ark because they knew the god of the ark they just wanted the victory that came with the ark so they lost because they mismanaged the presence of God however on the contrary when you study this deep you will find that in Mark chapter 5 and in Luke chapter 8 Jesus is getting off of a boat when he gets off of a boat he's greeted by Jairus Jairus says, Jesus, I need you to come to my crib. Now, excuse me. I want you to come. Please come to my house because my daughter is sick. She's so sick. She's 12 and she's at the point of death. And Jesus says, show me where your daughter is. And when Jesus is headed to Jairus's house, the Bible says there's a whole multitude thronging Jesus. They're, they high five in Jesus. They give him uh, COVID elbow bumps and fist bumps to Jesus. They got their phones out taking us in with Jesus everybody is pulling on Jesus to Jesus stops in his tracks look at his disciples and said who just touched me to which the disciples namely Peter says Jesus what do you mean who just touched you the whole multitude thronged thee in other words Lord everybody touching you what you talking about Jesus said no 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 this multitude is touching me because I'm popular but somebody touched me because they needed my power because I felt virtue go out of me and I need to see is there anybody in Mount Calvary here today who says I'm not just here because it's popular I didn't get up get dressed get in my car and get into the sanctuary because Boo Boo and Ray Ray them said it's youth and young adult Sunday let's get to church and all but I had to get to the sanctuary because I need his power where where my power people at that said even if my neighbor don't praise him I'm gonna praise him even if the folk behind me don't worship I'm gonna worship because I need his power and if my praise offends you I see a whole lot of burgundy find somewhere else to sit because I need to praise the one who's never left me 
I need to praise the one who's never forsook me. I need his power. Matter of fact, if that's you, why don't you look up toward heaven and say, Lord, send your power. Send your power to my house. Send your power to my church. Send your power to my children. Send your power to my mind. Send your power to my money. We need your presence. We need your provision. We need your promises. But Lord, we sure need your power. We need your power. Somebody here this morning knows something about the power of God. When your money was funny and your change was strange, it was his power that made it happen. When somebody in here today who can testify you've had more knives in your back than in your kitchen drawer. But the reason why you can praise because his power been keeping your mind. You you know something about Jehovah Shalom, the God who won't always take you out of the trouble. But he'll come get into trouble with you because there's something about the power of God. I got to quit. I've worried you long enough. So there's carrying. And right after carrying, there's celebration. Because wherever the power of God is, there, there ought to be some celebration. <laughs> I, I want to encourage you young people that every time we get together, uh, you, you, you ought to celebrate. Whenever God, I hope this pandemic has helped us get a new appreciation for the sanctuary. And understanding that whenever we come to church, we must not just go through the motions. But it's a privilege to be able to walk in his house. It's a privilege to be able to worship. It's a privilege and an honor to be able to come together and praise God. There ought to be some celebration. But then there's somebody in here today who can testify and say, I, cel I, I know how to celebrate in his presence in his house, but I also know how to celebrate his presence in my house. Don't get it twisted. This wasn't the first time I said hallelujah this morning. This wasn't the first time I lifted my hands this morning. But when I woke up this morning, I had a praise in my mouth. I had worship on my heart. Let, let me see if I can. I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up. I promise you I am. <clears throat> Pastor Winston, one of the most powerful worship, worship experiences I've ever had, sir, was not in a worship service. Wasn't at a revival, wasn't at a prayer meeting, wasn't at a tent revival, wasn't at a youth camp, but it was at my dining room table. <clears throat> I had gone down to, 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 uh, to Rayleigh's, a local grocery store, like Safeway, and I uh, went and got a pack of uh, wings, stewed the wings, made uh, rice and gravy, and, um, and made some... Uh, some greens with turkey necks and fat back. Don't play with me. <clears throat> Made cornbread. I told you my mama from Mississippi. Made a lemon meringue pie. Got a liter of Coca-Cola. Put it in the freezer. Set a 35-minute timer on it because, see, look, I'm going to show you where my real people are. Because you want it real cold. You don't want it frozen, but you want that little frost in it. Somebody say amen in this house. So fixed my plate, Lady Winston fixed my plate, had my frosted Coca-Cola on the table, and just like out of formality as we always do, bowed down my head, 
Uh, Mama, this is what I prayed. I said, Lord, thank you for this food that I'm getting ready to receive. And thank you for, uh, for, 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 for this food. And I asked that it be a nourishment to my body. But for whatever reason, I, I looked at my plate while I was praying and said, Lord, and thank you for these chickens. Because if these chickens wouldn't have died of what they hadn't hatched and grew up and died, I wouldn't have any chicken to eat. Matter of fact, why well, I'm thanking for the chicken, Lord, thank you for the farmer that raised the chickens. He or she woke up every morning to raise these chickens so I would have chicken on my dining room table. Lord, thank you for the mama and daddy that made the farmer that could raise the chicken. And Lord, while I'm thanking you for the plate, while I'm thanking you for the chicken that's on the table, Lord, thank you for my table. Thank you for the lumberjack that went out into the woods and cut down the wood. And thank you for the craftsman that took the wood and then made a table out of it. Matter of fact, Lord, while I'm thanking you for this table, thank you for the floor that it's sitting on. And thank you for the roof over my head. Thank you for the light bulbs that got electricity in it. Lord, thank you for the job that I have to be able to make money that can pay for the electricity that's in the light bulbs that I bought. Matter of fact, Lord, thank you for the car that I have and the gas that's in my car. Because if I didn't have the car or the gas I couldn't have gone to the store to get the light bulbs to plug it into the ceiling you blessed me with to use the electricity that next thing I knew I was thanking God for the screws and and for the glue and is there anybody in here today that can wave your hands and say some of the best worship experiences I've ever had was it was just me and God and I don't need a new house a new car but Lord thank you for my life thank you for food thank you for my children thank you for keeping things as well as they have been somebody look up toward heaven and say Lord thank you for it all So their celebration, I gotta quit. After Solomon does all of this, he does all of this and he, he prepares the environment for God to come in. And then in chapter six, the Bible says that everything is put in place. The temple is built. Solomon brings the congregation together and they begin to celebrate. Bible says that Solomon prays a prayer between verses 4 and 5 and says Lord I thank you he says because you're the God who's done with your hands what you've promised with your mouth he says I'm standing here today and I can't take credit for it it was not my knowledge it was not my wisdom it was not because of the 153,000 men it's not because of the platinum or the diamonds. It's not even because of the people that helped me finish it. But as I look at this congregation and as I look at this temple, my testimony is only you made it possible. So I'm going to celebrate and give you praise because all the credit goes to you. I'm going to tell us one story, then I'm going to sit down. There was a graduation and uh, at this graduation there was a preacher who was the commencement speaker and um, he, 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 he gives his commencement speech Lady Winston then he sits down the dean of the school gets up and says uh, now we will present our graduates says um, but then he presents the most broken rule in the history of mankind so I'm going to ask everyone in attendance to please hold your applause 
until every name has been read. And through 499 names, no one in the auditorium made a sound until they got to name 500. And they got the paper and they read the 500th name and it says, Shalante Jenkins. And when they read Shalante's name, all the way at the top of the balcony of the auditorium, you just heard a whole lot of commotion. Somebody was stomping real fast. Then all you heard was, hey! Nobody but you, Jesus. Nobody but you. Frightened everybody. <laughs> they waited for the commotion to stop. They go to read the next name. Then you heard the voice shout again, hey! Nobody but you, Jesus. Nobody but you. To which the dean of the school gets up again and says, please, ma'am and sirs, I ask you to please hold your applause until all the names have been read. So right before he could even get it out of his mouth, somebody hollered again and said, hey! To which the preacher gets up, goes over to the dean and said, dean, who is that loud woman at the top of the balcony? Dean looks at the preacher and says, uh, Pastor, that's Shalante's grandmother. Shalante was nine years old. Uh, Shalante, her mother, her father, and her two twin brothers packed up their SUV and was traveling south for the summer to visit their grandmother. And while they were going to visit their grandmother, they ran into a storm. When they ran into a storm, her daddy hydroplaned off the road. The SUV wrapped around a tree and Shalante was the only one who made it out alive. Shalante had to go live with her grandmother. Her grandmother was on a fixed income. Didn't know how she was going to pay bills from month to month. Didn't know how she was going to pay rent from month to month. There were some days when neither her or Shalante didn't eat. But here Shalante is today earning two master degrees. And so grandma hollered again and said, hey! But this time the preacher came around the front and hollered, nobody but you, Jesus. Nobody but you. To which the dean said, Rev, you ain't let me finish the story to tell you what happened. He said, I don't need to know what happened. I'm just celebrating the one who made it happen. And I need to see, is there anybody in Mount Calvary this morning who can stand on the stage of your life and look back over your life and celebrate like Big Mama and celebrate like Solomon and look back over your life and shout a hey! It was nobody but you, Jesus. It wasn't my money. It wasn't my education. It wasn't my connections. But it was no. It was nobody but you, Jesus. Matter of fact, Mount Calvary, let's do something when we get out of church. When you get out to the parking lot and you get to your car and you get inside your car and before you push your push to start or before or when you put your key in your ignition, just turn your car over and say it was nobody but you, Jesus. 
when you get to your house this afternoon put your key in your front door and say it was nobody but you Jesus when we get out of church and we sit down at a hot meal fold your hands and say it was nobody but you Jesus parents when you go to your kids bedroom tonight and they're safe and sound sleeping and in good health give them a kiss on their forehead then look up toward heaven and say it was nobody nobody but you Jesus when you get to work tomorrow and sit behind your cubicle or you sign into your desk at the house and you clock in for work just throw a wink towards heaven and say it was nobody but Jesus is there anybody here who can make like Solomon I need 20 people and I'll gladly make 21 and we'll have a praise party all by ourselves to look back over your life and say it was not it was not man it was not material but it was no nobody but Jesus and we get to the top of chapter number 7 verse number 1 and the Bible says Solomon prayed fire fell and the Lord came in the Bible says Solomon prayed fire fell and the Lord came in I'm a Trinitarian so let me do it a third time the Bible says Solomon prayed fire fell and the Lord came in I don't know what you need I don't know what you've been believing God for but if you need his glory if you need his presence just look up toward heaven and say Lord send send your fire let it fall send your fire to my church send your fire to my family send your fire send your presence to my money look at somebody through your mask and say neighbor it's getting hot in here that's the wrong neighbor they didn't want to get up this morning find you somebody who look like they need his presence and say neighbor it's getting hot in here feel the presence of the Holy Ghost if you feel him like I feel him look up toward heaven just one more time and say spirit of the living God fall 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 fresh on me and just in case there's somebody here who's been praying but you're waiting who's been praying but you haven't seen the manifestation of his presence just yet let me encourage you with the words to a song that said it won't always be like this because God he will prevent that which concerning you and sooner or later He's gonna turn it in your favor. That's how 
how we sang it today but my grandmama's church they've gone on now but my grandmama's church said it like this be not dismayed whatever be tied God will He'll take care of you beneath his wings, beneath his wings, beneath his wings of love back. God will take care of you. Won't he do it, y'all? Won't he do it, y'all? Won't he make the angry storm be still? Won't he put joy in your heart? Won't he heal your body? Somebody say yes. Say yeah. on y'all let's give God a praise for the word that was given here this morning and let's thank the young pastor Manaway for the word he was obedient to give this morning hallelujah I can still feel his spirit up here Woo! my God my God when you see a young man preach like that my God hallelujah Lord we've been blessed this morning We've been blessed, but I got some good news for you. The God that he preached about, if you had not yet chose to be the child of this God, if you had not yet taken the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you have not confessed yet Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Bible says if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you would be saved 
confess with your mouth believe in your heart so if we have one here today that has not made that confession you can come now confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that in your heart that God raised him from the dead that's what the word of God says it don't matter where you are in your spirit right now it don't matter if you think you're not worthy because none of us did but when we, when we came and gave our life to him we didn't have to worry another day about going through anything alone now let me tell you it's not going to be easy but one of the great things is that he's always going to be there with you so if you have not yet confessed you need to do it today you need to do it today if you look at the times the way the times are right now and look at the prophecy in the Bible we don't have much time hallelujah the second call you may have already confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior you believe that God raised him from the dead but you believe that God has called you here to Mount Calvary to be a part of this family and if you believe that today would you please come because we need you God has already chosen for you to be here so the first call if you had not yet taken me as your Lord and Savior, you can come. And if you've already done it, you can come. So then does everybody know where they're going to go when it's all over? Say amen. Amen. We want to offer the same opportunity to those who are online worshiping with us if you're not sure you're saved you can be sure let us know you want to give your life to Christ put it in the chat uh, send us a message send us a DM somebody from the church will get in contact with you today and tell you how you can confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and the Bible says you shall be saved Let's thank God again for our preacher today. It won't always be like this. Y'all gonna have to help me because I don't really know the song. God will perfect that which is concerning me. Sooner or later. That's it. It's going to turn in my favor, oh yes, it's turning around for me. Confess that, would you? And then we'll go. It won't always be like this. God will perfect that concerning. Sooner or later, sooner or later, it's gonna work in my favor. It's gonna turn in my favor. Come on, 
say it. It's turning around for me. Hallelujah. If you believe that, just give God a hand of praise. Awesome God. Awesome God. I do have a request of you. Uh, one of our deacons, Deacon Burks, my father's, uh, my wife's father is in the hospital um, with pneumonia. Would you, uh, would you pray for him? Would you pray for him? Thank you. Yes, ma'am. We certainly will. Uh, Brother Thornton, good to see you, sir. This is Deacon Cyril Thornton from Columbus, and he gives leadership. He is the president of our state layman, that is, uh, the men of the state. Glad you chose to worship with us today. God bless you, Brother Thornton. Good. You got it? Come on, Robert. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and do present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Please remain seated and the ushers will direct you out. Thank you. 